Welcome to Homework, the podcast by and for people who work from home. This is episode number 246. I gave up this so I could do that with your host, Harry Marks, and me, Dave Kalo. Hey, Harry. Hello, Dave. How are you doing? I'm good. I, uh, I, I have a new toy, um, which I guess let's just jump right into our tools of the week because wow. I'm very excited about this. Um, and it's it's a dumb thing like for me to have, to be quite honest. But I wanted it because I'm I'm doing some stuff on Instagram. So I got myself a ring light. And hey. Yeah, I unfortunately had to buy it on Amazon because we're still pretty like I can't find anything near me. Everything's locked down and out of stock and stuff. So um, what happened was I I'm starting to post um, like magic stuff on Instagram, like me doing card stuff and sleight of hand and, and mm-hmm. fun stuff. And I'm doing it in my office, and I have no light in my office, and the angles are weird. So I looked for a um, a ring light that would not only shine bright and and uh, you know illuminate what I'm doing, but also hold my phone at the same time because I, I yes. was like balancing it on a book and sort of half standing up, and it was at weird angles and pointed upward, and it was just, it looked awful. So I got this thing. It was like twenty bucks on Amazon, and it's got. Um, a clamp on it like you would have in your car uh, to hold your phone for you in the yes. middle of a ring light. And it has three different modes. It has like this really icy blue color to it that's like bright fluorescent light. It has this sort of medium look like natural light. And then this really warm uh, like sepia tone uh, light to it. So I'm going to start playing with it and, and see what kind of videos I can get and post those to uh, Instagram and stuff. You're an influencer now. I'm going to be an influencer. I'm very excited. I will buy whatever you suggest I buy. Woohoo, because I need the money. Because <laughs> I am influenced. Uh, that's cool. Uh, I look forward to seeing how you play with it as well. I have to admit, I have one as well. Um, my wife bought ours for her classroom because she is a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so she's in front of the computer all day long with her kiddos. And um, sometimes I, I borrow it. Because <laughs> 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 why not? It's downstairs. I might as well use it. So we are both influencers. We will be... Uh, Instagram millionaires in no time, and I can't wait. I will remember all of the little people. Another new thing uh, is my tool of the week. My tool of the week is Brain FM. You can find it at brain.fm. This is music to improve your focus. They claim to have a science-first approach that creates music that sounds different and affects your brain differently than any other music. I have been playing with Brain FM for three days. It is the three-day free trial, and uh, it's kind of neat. So you sort of put your headphones on, you tell it that you're sitting down to work, and it starts playing uh, the music. And they use, um, well, there's the science behind it. I'm not sure if it's pseudoscience or if it's actual scientific science, but they do tout the science behind this a lot by saying things like, and I'll quote from the website here, Brain.fm holds patents on key processes for creating functional music, including technology to elicit strong neural phase locking, allowing populations of neurons to engage in various kinds of coordinated activity, and technology to remove distraction in sound. Um, it's a lot I don't of words. Know. It's a lot of words. It's a lot of sciencey words. All I know is that I really enjoyed having it on in the background while I've been working for the past three days. It isn't something I find myself actively paying attention to, but I'm chugging along working. So must be doing something right. You can get, like I said, the three-day free trial. And beyond that, there is pricing. It starts at $6.99 a month. 
and goes up to, or you can pay for the year, uh, which is forty nine ninety nine a year. I'm not sure if I'm ready to pay, but I enjoyed the three days I had using it. It was kind of fun. So if you're looking for something like that, you know, the background music, we've talked about cognitivity before. Uh, we've talked about, you know, uh, what am the, I trying the, to say? The cow one, the lo-fi beats. What's that one? Lo-fi beats. Oh, yeah, I love that one. And this one is good, too. I was sucked in by the scientific approach. Um, and it's it's been fun. I can't say I feel like uber productive after using it, but I certainly enjoyed using it. So if you want to check it out, uh, brain.fm, there's a three-day free trial. And then it starts at whatever I said beyond that. $6.99, yeah. And then uh, you said $44.99 a year. Yeah, so $49.99 a year. $49.99, yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I, I've been using um, here, and, here and there. I usually listen to podcasts, but not while I work. Um, when I'm working, I tend to put on coffitivity like we spoke about. And then YouTube has these channels, literally the background music channel, and there's all these different genres and, and um, seasons they, they do stuff to. So they'll have like autumn bossa nova jazz or, you know, winter Ooh. cool jazz. And so I've been listening to those and they go on for like four to eight to ten hours. Um, and it's it's music, basically. It's it's music. It's these aren't standards like you won't be able to pick out. Um, autumn leaves autumn leaves or days of wine and roses or or you know song for my father like none of the the standards you would hear in in a stand in, in a like a jazz club these are these are like written for these channels so yeah. but they're not it's like tinkling piano and you know um um like marimba and bass and drums and, and all that fun stuff so you know they're they're fine they they do the job for me it's, it's literally just background noise for me yeah um so but this sounds cool the i I'm, i'd be interested to try out the the scientific aspect of it and see how that if that really does affect my focus and yeah. everything give it a whirl uh see what you think yeah speaking of new things harry we should probably before we get into the bulk of the show mention the discord yes we have a discord channel because we're now twitch streamers um no we're, we're we have not. ring lights and discord now the oh, checks yeah. come rolling in baby well like i said on twitter i'm like 30 seconds away from pulling the trigger on a pair of headphones with cat ears on them and yes. i'll get my my you know naruto onesie and and i'm good to go i'll be a twitch streamer yet um mm -hmm. but no we we have a um a discord channel uh where we we have different little channels within it for apps and gear and questions and future topics we may want to talk about but it's a place where Fans of the show, all seven of you, can come and uh, chat with us, and and we can shoot the breeze and and talk about stuff we've discussed on the show, and you know maybe we'll get some ideas for future shows. And what I'd really love to get to a point with is you know address follow up and follow out, and you know answer questions on the show that we get in the chat, which I think mm -hmm. would be really beneficial for everyone. Um, so come join. We'll drop a link in the show notes this week. Um, I'll probably drop a link in all the show notes going forward. Uh, so you can come hang out with us on Discord. We should mention that we do have Discord open and we're in a voice channel while we yes. record this show. So if you are want to hang out with us while we record the show and hear our before and after banter and maybe interact or pop in a question if you want, we record Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, all you've got to do is join the free, free Discord, hop over to the General Voice channel, and you can listen to us record the show. You get to hear the show um, before it hits the feed. Yeah. I mean, uh, what else are you doing on a Thursday night? During quarantine, nothing. Exactly. General, absolutely nothing. Let's move on to this week's topic, Carrie. We were bopping around ideas for the show. And for this week, we decided to talk about something uh, a little fun and a little different. 
I, I quit doing X and replace it with Y. Um, people like us who like to talk about and think about productivity and work are always um, curious about another system. Maybe it's working better than what I'm doing now. Um, uh, I'm not trying to say shiny object syndrome, but we're just trying to optimize to get things done as efficiently and effectively as possible. So that means sometimes we have to sort of say goodbye to a habit or a practice or a philosophy or a style of pen or anything that we no longer want to use and mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason. So today we're going to talk about two of those things. Um, I feel like uh, Force Awakens. Do I talk first or do you talk first? Um, you know, it's your topic, so you start. Mm. Very good. So um, a little while ago, I quit doing strict GTD. Mm -hmm. I guess we can call it orthodox GTD. Um, let me give you a, a, a brief history here of my relationship with uh, David Allen's landmark getting things done. I found it, you know, several years ago, not too long after the original book was published, and <clears throat> I fell wholeheartedly in love with it. And I really embraced the whole thing and was doing all of it. I was faithful for a very, very long time. Um, I had a little printout of the flowchart uh, above my desk, and I was a, a real fanboy. For those of you who don't know, um, getting things done is a productivity philosophy practice. I guess practice um, developed by David Allen several years ago mm -hmm. um, that became immensely popular and was widely adopted, uh, including myself. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I, like I said, was faithful for a couple of years. And then I noticed that some aspects started to fall away. Um, we talked about this briefly a couple of weeks ago, Harry. First was the tickler file. For those who don't know, the tickler file is sort of a way to mm, like send something to yourself um, or in the future. So right. if you're doing it physically, you would set up the folders, the infamous 43 folders. And if you knew that in January, you want to be made aware of this, you would put a piece of paper or whatever it is in the January folder so that when the time comes, you're always at the end of the month moving the current folder to the back or the old folder to the back and a new month up to the front. And then you would see it when you're supposed to see it. Um, boy, that got fiddly really quick. And I found I didn't want to do it really quickly. <laughs> so I stopped doing it. Um, the other thing that I sort of let fall by the wayside um, was the notion of being clean and clear as often as possible. So in the book, uh, David described clean and clear as you've processed everything that's in your inbox, you've put it where it's supposed to live for all time, you've decided what it is, and you've you know basically acted upon all of the stuff. Um, and I would go a couple days, a couple more days, maybe another day without getting clean and clear, and then the system that's supposed to make me happy and productive was just making me feeling really guilty for not being <laughs> uh, as, as on top of it as the book would have me believe I right. should be. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And it's it's something, it's the reason I never could really get into GTD. I had pulled mm -hmm. aspects of it, like the, the what do you call the dump list, like the, the stream of consciousness dump brain dump. Um, yeah, yeah. Know, dumping all that stuff into a, one big list and then triaging it later on i i've done that kind of thing it's the same thing with bullet journaling you know i can't do a paper calendar i literally cannot do a paper calendar because you're physically unable i'm physically unable especially now with this new job because i will i will have a <clears throat> uh, meeting i had a meeting this week literally the minute after one ended they threw me on to another one uh 
just completely out of nowhere. So I can't use a paper calendar because I can't make, I can't uh, basically guarantee that it's going to be current and up to date and I'm going to check it every day. So, but I can do the task list and I can do the index and that kind of, so I I pull pieces here and there. Uh, It's the same thing with August Bradley and Notion. I love what August Bradley does, but I have found myself sort of fine tuning what he's done on my system um, to remove certain properties from a table that I don't need, that I don't, I'm never going to check off or, or fill right. out. And, you know, maybe I, I might delete a section because I'm never going to track a, a thing that he has in his. I, mm-hmm. I set it up in the beginning to try it out, but now I've realized I don't need it or it's never going to fit my life and I'm not going to make my life fit it to, to use it. So I'm, I'm right. more particular about what I'm using. We're going to put a pin in Notion because I want to come back because I mm-hmm. have thoughts. Yeah, and it, and opinions. It, it has to do with my my part of this topic as well. Oh, then I'll wait till you're done. So I want to talk about just what you're talking about now, the things I've kept from GTD. Mm-hmm. There are some things I absolutely have adopted into my the marrow and my bones. Um, there's three. Th- well, I guess you could say four things. I was going to say three, but you reminded me of a fourth. The three I was going to say as using a collection bucket to store things outside of my brain. Mm-hmm. The next was a next actions list for projects. And finally, um, doing a weekly review. Um, I'm going to add brain dump because you mentioned that and I realize how much I do love a brain dump. I'll get, I'll, I'll talk about brain dump last. Let's go back to the collection bucket. So whenever lands in uh, the brain or the lap when you're busy working, uh, goes in this collection bucket. Uh, this lets you sort of direct in deflect interruptions as soon as they occur and keeps your mind from derailing uh, while you're on a productive role. Right. Mm -hmm. So of course this system is only as good if you empty your collection bucket regularly. Um, Alex suggests doing this weekly and we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, Your brain will only get a feeling of relief from putting something in your collection bucket when it knows that whatever lands there will be taken care of sooner or later. So this is the whole thing of you promised yourself you're going to clean the basement. And every time you walk past the basement door, you get that pang of guilt because you're not cleaning the basement. Your brain doesn't have this sense of when it is appropriate or you have the time available to do it. It just knows you made this promise with yourself. And every time you walk past that door, you're breaking the promise. But if you get that thing out in a spot where you're going to look, your brain will cut you a break. So as far as collection buckets are concerned, everyone knows I'm holding out my little field notes book, my little pile of G2. They go with me all the time. And that really is the collection bucket I use. Um, I guess the, the trick is to have as many collection buckets as you need, but not more, because you could have more than one. You could have a digital one. So that's the first thing I kept. The other thing I kept was the sort of categorized next actions list. Uh, Davis suggests to create a next actions list where you list out all the specific tasks um, that are on a current project. And he sorts them by mm, category, I guess, setting. I never really knew how to say this. So maybe you have uh, tasks that are going to happen when you're in front of your computer or when you're on the phone or you're out and about running errands. Remember when we used to go out running errands? No. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> you remember outdoors, right? Uh, yeah, that's the thing with all the trees and pollen. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think uh, J.R.L. Tolkien invented it. Yeah. Um, so you can make lists like laptop with Wi-Fi, laptop without Wi-Fi, on the phone, in a notebook. So I like that mm. aspect a lot because then I can pull up. 
I guess I get stressed out when I see five or six or seven tasks I cannot act on right now. Um, so by putting them in this category, I'm only going to see the ones that are in that category. And it helps me work a little bit. So now when you're at the airport and your flight's delayed, but there's no Wi-Fi and your phone is dead, you can still pull out your notebook list and do something that's on paper. Right. Finally, uh, oh, almost finally, because I forgot brain dump. Weekly review. Now, your lists are only as good as they are up to date. Uh, therefore, a weekly review is really crucial to making um, this type of thing work if you're doing lists. So empty your collection buckets on a Friday afternoon. That's what I do. And then update all of your lists. You get a bird's eye view and make sure everything is complete. Now, this part, this is the part that makes the whole system stress-free for me. Uh, and if you slack on it, um, yeah, you'll pay the mental price. So keep <laughs> that alive. Mm -hmm. um, but finally, a brain dump. Nothing makes me for feel more on top of what I have to do than getting just writing it all down. So for me, a brain dump means... I am just writing anything that comes to my head that needs to be done that is outstanding mm -hmm. in no particular order at all until I feel I've emptied it out. Now, the result might be this like absurdly long list, but even seeing it on paper somehow makes me feel better about it, even right. if the result is huge. Nice. So that's it. I gave up Orthodox GTD, and now I have this sort of more relaxed easygoing gtt and it, it works for you and that's really what matters the most is that you know you you don't have to be a, an orthodox user of a system in fact i feel like if you are an orthodox user of a system that's that's almost like a bad sign for the system like it, a system mm. that requires you to be orthodox about it i should say is a bad sign for a system and like, like when yeah. we talked with patrick roan you know do do the most with as little as you can uh, you know, there are some systems out there that don't require a lot of you, a <laughs> work-life balance system. Uh, and oh, there are heard about that. Yeah, yeah. It's a little known, literally little known system out there. Um, <laughs> but And then there are systems like GTD, which has an entire ideology behind it and almost like a cult following behind it. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you it sounds like you've done a really good job of pulling the pieces out of it that work for you. And you still have a cohesive, coherent system that works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's something we've said time and time again in the show. Um, the best system for you is a system that works. It's going to keep you productive and happy and efficient. Right. Um, it isn't necessarily what the people you admire are using right now or what's the hot selling book or um, the coolest app. It's whatever works, whatever gets you to the point of marking things done in a timely, efficient manner. That's the best system. And that that leads us right into my what I have given up in, in lieu of doing something else. And that is trying the new hotness. Uh, ah, I have. So we, we've talked about this before. I, I think I'd mentioned I had used like probably 95 to 99% of the email clients on the iOS app store. I've tried them all at least once. And I ended up always coming back to Spark. And now I'm on Hey, so I really only use Hey. Um, but right. I do. I still use Spark because I do have Gmail and, and a, a, an iCloud account that I need to check every now and then. Um, but, you know, I found what worked and I didn't need to worry about the other apps out there. Um, and the same thing goes, this really hit home for me when I started looking at Rome Research because everyone had been talking about it. And it's what Rome Research is, is it's a, it's a backlinking system, uh, basically Zettelcast, and I'll drop a link in the show notes to the episode where we talked about that. But mm -hmm. you, you create these notes inside Rome Research and you link to other notes uh, as necessary. And what you end up doing is creating this web of connections between your notes that mm -hmm. you can then refer back to and, and you can draw conclusions from the way these notes link up to each other. 
And it's a really cool idea. Um, I had already been using, and I still am using Notion. Um, and I'm, I have my my uh, hard copies that'll cast, and I have this nice big wooden box with index cards in it. And Ooh, nice. It's it's slick. I love it. It's got magnets in it. And I saw Rome Research, and it's slick. It's really nice and, and a pretty application. It's expensive as hell. Um, and that was one of the main reasons I, I didn't go for it. There's a free alternative on the Mac called Obsidian that I was sort of testing out. But mm-hmm. what I realized was I have no use for it. I don't need it. I, I'm not going to find a use for it if I don't have one right off the top of my head. Notion yeah. called out to me because I, I saw immediately how I wanted to use it and organize things uh, in my life. And I like that one I took to right away. And I think that's the the main takeaway from from my trying out all these things is if I, I, I probably I can probably tell right away what is going to work for me and what is not going to work for me. And I'm not going to work hard to learn something and fit it into my lifestyle or force myself to fit my workflow and my my way of doing things into its uh, uh, paradigm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I've stopped like trying these new things out. And that's not to say if something new comes along, I'm not going to take a peek at it. But like I use Scrivener to do all my long form fiction and all my long form writing goes into Scrivener. I've looked at other writing applications like cursory glance and none of them have drawn me away from Scrivener. Um, I haven't even downloaded them. I've looked at their feature list. I've looked at their interfaces and I've said, nope, not for me. And I can mm. tell pretty quickly it's not going to work for me. And the same thing goes with Notion. Um, and, and now on Instagram and YouTube, I'm seeing all these ads for Monday.com and um, all these. Oh, different- my gosh. That Monday ad is inescapable every time and there's there's all these different project <laughs> management softwares out there and and all all these things to worry about and like i don't want to learn something new uh i i edit a, a literary magazine with andy welfley who's in our chat now and we were using trello and we were using dropbox paper i think or, or, or dropbox um and it, google docs and it was just it's a lot of stuff and I wish there was just some easy to use all in one solution that we could use for everything and and be done with it. But uh, for now, we're sort of finding our way there. But yeah, I'm I'm done with just like trying every little thing to see what works and and if I have a use for it because I can I can tell pretty quickly now that if it if I do have a use for it, it will fit, and if I don't have a use for it, I'm gonna ignore it. Yeah, there is a point where you can sort of know. Like <laughs> my wife says, I do this all the time. And I probably do. If we're spending a day wandering around town shopping, like I'll walk into a store and I'll know within nine seconds if I'm going to buy anything in this store. Right. And try to so how do you know? We haven't been inside yet. I I just I just get the vibe. Yeah. Um. The same thing is with a piece of software or a system. You can know right away this is for me or this is not for me. Yeah. Exactly. And and unfortunately, there's this like this cult of productivity experts on YouTube um, who. All they do is make videos about new software and they do comparisons and stuff, which is really helpful. Like there's a lot of great mm-hmm. stuff out there, but it seems like they're they're using it, it feels like they're using all of the software equally. And I know they're not. They've got one or two things that they really use, and then everything else is just they're making a video about it. So mm-hmm. I watched one, I can't remember the guy's name, but he did a comparison of Notability on the iPad and another oh, note taking yeah. app. And Notability is a, a stunning application and it does such cool things. Like you can you can record a lecture and as you're taking your notes, it knows where in the notes the the audio recording was. So 
if I, you know, at 57 minutes and six seconds, if I wrote something down, it will go back to that audio, that section of the audio in that note I took and replay that piece of audio. Like, it's really cool. Yeah, that's um, absurd. I, I can't do anything with it right now with the, the way my job is. I'm not in a, a live meeting with anyone. I'm on Microsoft Teams every day. So I can't use it. I want to, but I can't. <laughs> the heart wants what the heart wants. It does. Damn it. <laughs> Harry, can we talk about Notion real quick? Yes, we can. You and I are in love with Notion. Mm -hmm. I love how flexible it is. I love that it, it's the tidy little relational database that I wanted Bento to be so badly. Uh, if anyone remembers Bento, it was sort I of like FileMaker Bento. Pro Lite. Yeah. Um, so I found the fatal flaw for me in Notion, and that is export and reporting. Yes. So if I have a relational database, I want to be able to generate reports on the fly, uh, pulling from that relational data. Um, and I can do searches and I can create, you know, a found set to use the term, mm -hmm. but I can't really export that as a report. So there are export options, you know, there's CSV and all that, you know, you can export to Excel and stuff. Mm -hmm. And if you have an existing spreadsheet, you can export to that just what you've created since your last export, you know what I'm trying to say, um, which is really, really nice, but it always exports the entire database. You can't right. find a set, like show me everyone who works on Elm Street and you get that list of 17 people. But if I try to export, it'll still export the entire database. I can't export just yeah. the set. And that's kind of aggravating because I want to be able to generate reports. Like how many, if I want to say how many clients in this town did i spend more than two hours with in november like right i can't do that like you can do um, that in salesforce you can do that in other right. crms you can't do that in in notion and that it's funny because they pitch notion in one in some respects as a crm they, they right. pitch it as a a place where you can put your clients and their information and and how you you work with them and, and all this stuff and the problem is if you want to run a search on you know show me all clients in the tri-state area making over two million dollars a year in revenue i can't do that because notion doesn't allow you to run those kinds of complex searches yet um i've heard right. that there yeah, is i'm hoping there, that that's going to happen there is an api i keep hearing about in the works so, so other apps can tie into it and hopefully do those searches and integrate with notion directly like i know you can embed Google Docs and Google Sheets, yeah. and you can embed mm -hmm. Excel files and stuff, but you can't you can't really tie it in with other applications. And I think part of the problem is that Notion is not a native application on any system. It is mm -hmm. it is an Electron app, and so you're basically running a modified version of the website in your application. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's it's heavy. It's not uh, compatible with a lot of stuff, and it's just it's really slow and cumbersome. And I notice on like the iPad, you know, I, it, I finally figured out if you want to copy text in multiple rows on the iPad, you have to lock the page. So when you lock mm. the page, you can then select all the text on a page. If you don't, you can only select one row at a time and copy it over, which is mind numbingly dumb. So, <laughs> so it's, it's that kind of stuff. Like there's no cohesiveness between the website, the Mac app, the windows app, the iOS apps. Like there, there's no real cohesion there. Um, yeah, I found that iOS app is best for reference only. Like, I don't want to work in it. It's just way too aggravating. Yeah, I've noticed that you can make a phone call. There's a you can define a field that's a phone number field, and you can tap on it to you know edit the number. 
but they put a little tiny button to the right of the field as like the place of phone call tap target. Harry, imagine a Tic Tac. Do you ever eat a Tic Tac? Of course. <laughs> now imagine a Tic Tac you've cut in half. Now cut that half in half. Yeah. And that's the size of the tap target to make a phone call. Yeah. So I'll tap it five times in the first four. It thinks I'm trying to edit the field. Yeah. It no. makes me so aggravated. It's, it's the same thing. Like I can do, I can do my to-do list, and I can do my weekly reviews and my monthly reviews in in the eye on the iPad. And it's, it's actually it's nice to use on the iPad for the, that stuff. But when I'm watching August Bradley's videos and I'm building out my templates, I can't do it on the iPad. It's physically impossible for me to do it on the iPad because they don't yeah. give you all the features. So I have to go to my Mac and do it on my Mac. Uh, I don't think you can even do it on the website. I think I, I have to do it on the Mac in in the mm. actual Mac app. Uh, to build the template out, so like th they really need to work on that that kind of stuff, and and I'm hoping an API will fix that. But really, more than anything, I think it needs a, a fundamental ground up sort of rebuild to to really make it a native application and and something that's that's lightweight and responsive and you know built for each system it's on. Yeah, the other thing that drove me absolutely bonkers was I, for work, my the day job, I have a list of my tw the twenty eight people who my clients will say in my caseload essentially 28 people mm -hmm. and um i do daily notes for each one so i'll do a note i did a relational database so i can drop down get the drop down i click on whose client this is and i'm writing the note for and um let's say um harry where was i going i don't remember Something i don't know i don't have the math in my brain i think <laughs> i got i got covid brain I don't remember. If I remember, I'll just blurt it out rudely by interrupting you. That's fine. You can do the Donald Trump method. <laughs> Basically, I very... Oh, I remembered. So you can... Like I said, you can export to Excel, which is great. So I can export to, to Excel and it'll say the date and the title of the note mm -hmm. and the body of the note. But in the client field, which is the related field, it doesn't put the client's name. It types out this huge, long essentially URL, which hmm. is goes to that record. So it won't say Frank. It'll say notion dot this, dot this, dot uh, this. Yeah. Dot, like, oh my gosh. It's so aggravating. So I was talking to um, the folks on Twitter and they said that this is a known issue that they're working on. So I hopefully it'll get resolved very, very soon because could you, now could you I do can't even bitly? export that. Like, could you make a hmm? bitly link out of that and do that instead? No, because that's the internal link that notion uses to, the record in the related database oh i i see okay so it's, it's a url scheme that it's yes confusing. exactly okay. so unfortunately but i i'm still love in love with notion i realize that it's young and it's making its way towards maturity and i'm going to give the developers time to do that yeah it's it's really interesting to see how people are using it there's this one guy uh, i follow on twitter he's an icon designer and he made a whole bunch of icons now that ios 14 is doing you know you can do all the mm -hmm. custom widgets and icons and stuff and he's been posting all the the sales he's made but he actually built the website for the icons in notion and oh, he's, nice. he's selling them through notion and I don't I don't know what payment system he's using if it's Gumroad or or something else but he um he's made like over $100,000 from app sales. It's wild. But he built Goodness the whole gracious. thing. Yeah, but he built the whole thing and all the icons are up there on Notion. It's really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I saw uh that we're getting into the weeds now, but there is a person who goes by Skyflourish. I forget his his actual name. Um but he is um a content creator for Dungeons and Dragons. He's very popular and talented. Mm -hmm. And he just released a whole bunch of Notion templates that he uses for writing adventures. Oh, cool. 
And I thought, that's wicked cool. So, of course, I had to download those. Yep. And I, I just linked in my latest newsletter issue, and I posted about it before in a previous issue. But uh, NaNoWriMo is coming up in November. Uh, oh, boy. If you are one of the people who has the mental fortitude to do NaNoWriMo this year, <laughs> God bless you. Uh, but there, I, I built a... a um, system in notion like a full site in notion and it's it's in my newsletter um the study.substack.com um you can go there and it has a whole tracking grid on there so you can track each day's word count and it'll tally it up and tell you how much more you have to do to meet the fifty thousand words it's got stu- uh, spaces nice. for your outline it's got spaces for characters and settings so it's a whole system in there for tracking nanorimo can i just put out a plea to writers and storytellers right now Go for it. From my heart. I know that art imitates life. I don't want stories about quarantine. You know, it's it's funny you talk I about this. Don't, I want to forget this and not ever think about it again. Well, it, 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 I saw an <laughs> Amazon review for a book that was released, I think, a month ago. And it was cont- it was set in contemporary time. It's set now. And, one yeah. of, and the review said this is unrealistic because it didn't mention COVID. Mind you, this is traditionally published, which means it was acquired by the, the publishing house maybe a year or more ago. It was acquired right. by the agent maybe six months to a year before that. So this book hasn't seen a shelf since the manuscript was finished about two and a half years ago. So <laughs> right. to say it's not realistic doesn't take into, the, t- take into account that the, the book uh, is over two years old. Um, and, but it's funny cause I'm, I'm working on a book right now. It's contemporary and the pandemic is in it, but it's not the focus. It sort of lingers in the background is something that right. is just, everyone is experiencing, mm-hmm. but there's a whole question in publishing right now, which is, do people want to read about that? You know, will they read books that have the pandemic in it? Um, because they're experiencing it right, right now, or will they shun books that don't have the pandemic in it? Because it's unrealistic to talk about, you know, 2020 and not mention the pandemic. I don't think I'll ever have a pang of nostalgia for 2020. I don't think it's about nostalgia. I think it's about realism and what people are willing, you know, are, are you willing to suspend disbelief that much, um, you know, to, to enjoy a book and its plot with, with, while knowing that all of this is going on at the same time? Maybe if you limit it to something like, um, you know, after parking the car, she threw her mask on the passenger side chair yeah rub sanitizer on her hands and stepped out onto the sidewalk i mean it, fine it, it changes it. everything it, it changes you know you know how often your your characters leave the house and how often they go food shopping and what they go what they get while they're there and all this all this you know little these little details that you, no one would have thought about before suddenly make all the difference in making sure you're telling a, a believable mm-hmm. realistic story please make a peapod driver uh a character in <laughs> I want to hear all about Jeeves the Peapod Driver. Yep. Uh, I think, as I always say, we did a very good job talking about this week's topic. Uh, big thanks to uh, Jackie and Melissa hanging out with us this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to hang out with us this week and listen to us record the show, which you will then get to hear before it hits the 5x5 five five feed, uh, hop on over to the Discord. We record Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Harry, if people want to find show notes from episode 246, how can they find us? Uh, 5x5.tv, and that's the numbers, 5x5.tv, yes. slash homework, slash 24, what are we, 6, 246? 6. 246. So 5x5.tv, slash homework, slash 246. That is it. And if people want to find information about you, 
your newsletter that you mentioned, uh, they can do that on the old link tree. Yep. You can find all the links that I, I do for myself, my blog, my website, my newsletter, my book you can buy through there. Uh, linktr.ee slash HC Marks. You've got a million things going on here. I've got too much. I actually, hey, I gotta, wonder... I've been thinking about start, not thinking about, I've been thinking about plotting, oh. but like figuring out what the, the storyline is going to be for season two of my, my podcast. That's uh, what I was just going to ask you. Yeah, it's, it's coming. I, I got to start writing the script. It, it sucks because uh, one of my main actors is in law school right now. So I honestly don't know when she's going to have time to record. Oh, I think her character might go to law school. Yeah, maybe. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's a high schooler in the, in the show, but we'll, we'll see. I'll, oh, I'll that's to, who it is. Yeah um yeah her name's melody weister she's fantastic uh but yeah. she she's she's in law school now and i don't know what her schedule is like so it's gonna be rough mm. but uh yeah i'm just gonna start writing the scripts for that um probably after november maybe she can just record a quick little scene for ep- the first episode where you're like okay uh you're all packed bye yeah i mean the, <laughs> the, the funny thing is oh the, the, the good thing about the show is except for me and Stuart Lennon, who hosts a terrific show, uh, a terrific podcast called 1857. We're the only two who really ever show up in every episode. Uh, Usually there's a rotating cast of characters and I've had people come in left and right. Maybe I can get you in this season. That would be fun. Um, Oh my God. uh, Get your voice acting chops up to, up to par there. Um, But I, I have a rotating cast of characters depending on what the story calls for. So, you know, she's not in every episode, but you know, Victor Greta Jr. is in it in several episodes in several different roles. So I'm always happy to hear my buddy Victor. Yep, and, he, and we're going to be talking about magic stuff pretty soon. Actual magic, not Magic the Gathering. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we used to talk about Magic the Gathering on this show a lot, but we don't do that anymore. Anyway, uh, this, you've reached the rambling portion of the pot episode. Right. If you're still listening, you get a gold star. In the meantime, we will talk to you next week, and until then, go get some work done. Bye. Bye.